Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast and thank you so much for listening. Joining me today is at MirBTC, old laser eyes herself, who she says in her own words is cheering for Bitcoin in a strong Italian accent and we are so happy and lucky to have her on our side. I hope you enjoy this episode with Mira as much as I did. We go down some rabbit holes and of course we get into Italian cooking very early uh, and I think you're all going to end up feeling very hungry after this episode. I was certainly hungry during the interview. Uh, before we get into the show, you know I've got to give a shout out to the show sponsors who have been so good to me over the last year or two. We're going to start out with Relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash Bitten. Go start stacking sats across Europe. You can Euro cost average, Swiss cost average out and into, um, I almost said Fiat. You want to get out of Fiat, of course, and into Satoshis. If you're in the UK, you could probably even do this via Revolut or Sparrow. So give them a shot and see what they are offering. You can catch my episode actually recently with Julian Linegar and learn more about them. Now, do you want to go to the Bitcoin conference 2022? Yes, of course you do. I do. And we hope to be there, of course. Go get your tickets. It is b.tc forward slash conference. You can use the code BITTEN, all in caps, at checkout. That will get you a 10% discount on any of your tickets. You can choose general admission all the way up to Whale Pass. They are 100% transferable and will be refundable if you are unable to travel due to COVID restrictions. Now, please make sure you are also taking care of your coins. Get a hardware wallet. Use shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten to get 5% discount on the Bitbox 02 hardware wallet, which is a Bitcoin only piece of kit. And if you're across the pond in the US of A, please check out swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten to stack your sats. Enjoy this episode with Mia. Okay, Mia, we are good to go. How, how are you? Great to meet you. Very, very fine. Thank you for having me. Just came back from Dubai, uh, but I'm in Italy now. So just come back to nice uh, Italy that now looks like more like a jail, but... <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, we've got it. I definitely have questions for yeah. for you there, but I, I want to check your your, son, your name is Mir or Mir or Mir Mir Mir. Mir. You roll yeah. the R. Yeah. Well, I pronounce it like Mir because I live in Italy, so the R is the Italian one. Uh, but actually, it comes from a Russian. I'm not Russian. My parents are fully Italian, but they love the meaning of Mir, which means in Russian peace and word. So they name it, name it Mir, <laughs> Mi, Mir. <laughs> and so I pronounce it just like uh, Italian, but uh, probably I should ask uh, to some Russian at some point, uh, probably the R would be stronger than mine, <laughs> but uh, yeah. 
That would be, yeah, that would be interesting to know. Any Russian listeners, reach out and yeah, let's find yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> but very cool. Like, it means peace in Russian. That's amazing. Yeah. And at the same time, words. So if you say something like Mir Mirova, uh, it means the peace of the word. So it's a very interesting word. This is because uh, they named it uh, the space shuttle, the Mir. It was a space shuttle. I always uh, say is that, um, I would say that, uh, that shuttle came after me because I'm older, actually, one year older. <laughs> so uh, because many people ask me uh, if my name is because of the space shuttle, but it's not like that. <laughs> it's the opposite, of course. <laughs> yeah, of but, course. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't even thought about that either. Wow. OK, that's an interesting yeah. rabbit hole straight off the bat. Uh, that's um, an was this something obviously very kind of uh, personal to your parents? Were they, um, was this a troubled time when they were growing up? Why, why peace? Why choose the word peace to name their, their, their daughter after? So actually the story is kind of complicated, but uh, um, uh, if I have to keep it short, uh, I have two, one brother and a sister. They are way older than me and my mom, mom tried to get pregnant but she couldn't take the pregnancy so she got two abortions um and so but she really wanted another kid so uh she prayed actually she prayed a lot and she made the i don't know what to say in italian we say a vote un voto, which means something like uh, if something happens i'm going to do this and the idea was, uh, I'm going to name uh, my kid Mir, just like the messages from the um, Madonna of Medjugorje. <laughs> and so when she came back from Medjugorje, actually, she was pregnant <laughs> and she was 45 years old. And uh, she decided uh, to call me Mir, just like uh, she promised uh, the Hail Mary to call me. Yeah. <laughs> wow because uh, yeah a it's a very interesting story yeah and um yeah i'm a i'm a kid of uh, 45 years old uh, without any interaction <laughs> so that that's that's super cool and this is why i always say that my parents are in their 80s uh, and so they are from a completely different generation for for example for giacomo's parents so uh yeah <laughs> Wow. It's, it's very uh, I, I don't usually tell this story but i think it's very interesting uh, i mean if you believe or not it, it's super interesting because it, it demonstrated then uh, sometimes when you uh when you are just relaxed enough when you believe enough in something uh, uh magic things could happen actually so it would be very interesting yeah uh, she tried to get pregnant for more than probably 10 years at that point and then she got me and of course doctor told her uh the baby will have problems because you are very old uh, the things change and now it's not something that happens all the time but uh, they wanted her to get an abortion uh but uh, she always tells me that she was a very good pregnancy everything well went really fine actually <laughs> better than the other for my sister and my brother so that's crazy isn't it that that yeah. kind of um advice that they were given back in those days yeah 
And yeah. has it changed much, really? I mean, SAFE does a great job of talk, talking about fiat medicine and, and fiat health. and A little bit. I would say a little bit, but not that much in Italy, for example. I have a friend, a friend who got pregnant at 45 years old, too, naturally. And she got the test. She was pregnant, but, but the doctor didn't believe her until the blood test because she they thought she was crazy. But she was sure. They told her that probably was some problem with the pain uh, in the shoulders or things, crazy things like that, because of course the reality was uh, uh, was in contrast with their beliefs. And, uh, and actually, she got pregnant for once uh, at 45 years old. That could happen. <laughs> that could happen. So, but they didn't believe because, of course, you should try at least four years and years before something like that could happen. But uh, so probably things they didn't shift so much uh, in the end but uh, what uh, shifted at then nowadays with uh, of course there are more kids uh, just like I was uh, kids with older parents and nowadays it's, it's normal but I clearly remember that I was the only one having uh, my parents that old uh, and sometimes it it wasn't it wasn't that that easy because uh yeah we have a strong difference of uh, age but at the same time it has been very interesting for me because they they got a story great stories from the past they they were born during the war uh, the, uh, the war so uh, and also uh, and I always uh, something that I came up lately I was lucky enough to get a proper nutrition since my parents uh, were just from the Actually, they were born just before the 40s, but they got a um, education in their nutrition. So I got a better nutrition than my uh, people of my age, which is really, really interesting. If you think about it, I got a lot of butter. I got a lot of meat. I got a, a lot of the best stuff in the world. So, yeah, I'm very grateful for this, for example. Yeah, that's a great thing to notice because that generation, they, um, yeah, they were, they, they were eating way healthier they were eating yeah. properly yeah. um you know and then i guess around the time of the second world war you really had to get inventive with your nutrition and find your protein and you didn't have boxes of just cornflakes and other crap to you know fall back on that came after that was like uh, yeah. the, the boomer generation i remember i remember it so well um and yeah, even yeah, to yeah. this day, my, my mum and dad, they'll still use margarine. And I'm like, oh, my God, oh, oh just no. please go back to butter because they grew up on butter. They grew up. And in fact, yeah, my dad used to um, his parents, they used to keep the, the rendered fat like like you should from bacon or whatever. And that would go on toast the next morning, which is far healthier than putting on the margarine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, um, I had some uh, organs, too which is crazy. I got some liver. It was, uh, I got some kidney from my parents. Uh, it was just normal from time to time to get uh, those things. But nobody of the people of my age uh, got them. For example, for Giacomo, uh, I cooked for him organs uh, just in the last years for the first time he experienced them but for me it was just uh, yeah that's food that's great food especially if you are sick especially if you need energy those are yeah super food <laughs> yeah of course and, and you know i remember uh, when i was young yeah we'd have steak and kidney pie like the, the kidney oh, it, yeah yeah you know um liver you'd have liver yeah. and bacon uh, you, you'd say that to now to 
to people in their thirties, they look at you like, "What do you say?" Like liver and bacon. Like, yeah. I mean, no. My I even remember having. Um, my dad still gets it. He he loves um tongue, cow tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you that, and you slice it. it and you yeah, put it yeah. in a in a sandwich and yeah, it's it's, it's super great. good. It's super good. <laughs> we we still have all the organs sold here in, in France. You, you know, you go to the farm shops or even in the the local Carrefour and you yeah. can get the the pig in head, Italy the sheep too. head, the heart, the um, all yeah. of it. It's all there. And the kids look at it. Oh, what the hell's that? Like, okay, should we yeah. buy some? And like, no way. <laughs> I know, I know at the beginning it will be very, very weird, especially if you're not used to, but actually they taste so great. And sometimes I feel just like my body really need those just while eating those. It's incredible. The energy you can get from this kind of food is like magic. It's it's different from uh, other stuff, but yeah, in Italy, you can find them too. You have to ask, but uh for, for example, liver and kidney, you will find in a big uh, supermarket because uh, there are traditional recipes with that that are pretty good. For example, fegato alla veneziana, which is a liver with butter and some onion, which is great, I think. And so there are still people cooking that. But from other parts, yeah, you should have a butcher, a local butcher, and ask them exactly. Um, Sometimes they will give that for free to you because they're they are not supposed to <laughs> to yeah yeah to sell them to people because nobody is going to buy them. <laughs> Mir, I think you need to start a Bitcoin a cooking TV show and show us oh, how to make all of Mamma Mia's perfect <laughs> Italian casseroles and whatever else that uh, that used to make back in the day. Well, I'm, I'm kinda, I kind of knew at cooking this uh, stuff, but uh, yeah, th this day I spent a lot of time trying to, to get the best uh, uh, ingredients and the best uh, recipes. Uh, and I'm really experiencing, of course, as an Italian, I'm great with carbs. <laughs> so I can cook pasta, I can cook uh, tiramisu, I can cook whatever, you name it. I, I'm great with that because, uh, uh, yeah. It's just like uh, I'm used, to, uh, but I'm trying to understand how to cook the meat and organs in a testy way. It, it's not easy, for example, because I recently realized that meat in Italy is not that good at all. Uh, so you have to find the places uh, and it's it's not easy it's not that only the taste, but there is no culture except from for Tuscany and some part of Piemonte. The rest of Italy is uh, just, you know, Mediterranean-like. Uh, so yeah, it's it's very difficult. But when you find a good place, uh, you can cook it with Italian flavor or with Italian ideas. So it would be great. And also I can ask my mom to share with me some recipes, uh, some uh, old and ancient at this point retro recipes and probably get something sometimes a color for example one of my favorite dish to cook is the ossobuco alla milanese which is a marrow bone and she got a great great really great recipe i, I do that all the time it's it's great it re it's really great so <laughs> that and when, when you cook when you cook the pasta do you do you make the pasta first no, actually, I've never done uh, that before. But I, I can choose the best pasta and I can choose the best shops <laughs> with the pasta. Uh, but for example, when I do the tiramisu, I, yeah, um, 
uh, looking forward for the best mascarpone. Uh, mascarpone should be the, the best one, not just a regular one you buy in the supermarket. It's not going to, to taste the same. The coffee should be a great coffee uh, and the eggs should be pasture raised. So uh, yeah, uh, the ingredients are really making the difference, uh, I guess. Even if the ingredients in, in general in Italy are good quality, uh, except for meat, uh, but uh, but I will go for the best. I will I will love to. I can cook some gnocchi or things like that, but I never done pasta actually. I, I don't have the the machine. <laughs> and since my I, yeah, yeah that, that's very yeah. Italian. <laughs> the, the the machine, yeah. We um we we do make it. It's 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 fun. It's easy. It's yeah. something cool to do with the kids as well. Yeah. Uh, we we don't have the machine either, but we just use um like a rolling pin or. A, bottle of wine you know that oh would, that yeah 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 wow it's, uh, and you roll it out as thin as you possibly can and and cut it up and uh, dry it just not not too dry you you still want it like pasta fresca and then um and then cook it with the meat sauce and oh, i'm getting hungry mia yeah yeah me too uh, me too yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but uh, yeah you're right it's also a very nice activity to do with a kid so my daughter is now three years and a half old so i think she's going to enjoy it and having a oh, lot of yeah. fun flour and eggs yeah. flour and eggs everywhere yeah. that <laughs> and somebody will have to clean but uh, yeah we're going to have a great time so yeah <laughs> excellent well i look forward to the bitcoin tv cooking show with uh, with your mom as special guest <laughs> but is there anywhere where do you draw the line because for me you know don't put like pigs trotters pigs feet on a plate for me yeah. like that's that's off or here in france they love uh uh, Tetuvo, um, the head of um, the, yeah, the baby Yeah, that's a little bit too cow. much for me. Like, <laughs> oh, like it's all jelly and ugh. so. Ah. I guess I uh, I love to experiment and try things. So um, I'm the one who tries stuff always. Uh, I'm not picky at all, but from there to something that I will cook for my family and friends, uh, that's a giant difference. <laughs> so and something. I get in my weekly uh, menu. I don't think so. But uh, yeah, I prefer that organs are just like not with eyes or very clearly from an animal. So, <laughs> but I will definitely try it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, you you mentioned um, your your daughter there, and uh, for those that don't know, you are you married with uh, Giacomo Giacomo Zucco. Yeah. Who many people must know. How did you and Giacomo get to know each other? How, how did that all start going down? Well, uh, we recently celebrated 20 years uh, since we know each other, wow. uh, which is crazy. It was 2001, so it was September. So yeah, <laughs> uh, it has been a long time together. Um, it's it's not very romantic, but I would say our families know each other since we were kids. So we found recently some picture of us at a friend's party when we were just like three and five years old. And I was um, taller than Giacomo, <laughs> which is, but I younger than Giacomo, which is very funny. Um, but now we are almost the same age and hate. Uh, but uh, yeah, but we know each other, but you know, just like a person, if you meet uh, um, 
uh, in the street, you, you don't know if you're going to say hi because they, you don't know if they remember you or something like that. So we definitely uh, know each other, but we weren't, um, yeah, we weren't friends at all until uh, we met again when we were around 16, 17 years old. And, and Giacomo had a girlfriend at the time, but uh, I, I hadn't. But uh, we get along very well that, uh, that night. We talked a lot. Uh, it was very funny because uh, we went directly um, for very, very deep topics, uh, just like uh, I asked him about religion. Uh, we talked about, also we talked about a lot of in, uh, about internet and uh, there weren't Wi-Fi at the time. There were a different type of connection. There was this one ISDN, I guess it was called, and internet bills uh, and things like that. We talk a lot. We get along perfectly. Uh, then nothing happens. And then after some month, uh, we find again uh, in uh, together in another friends. Uh, no, in a, probably yeah, in another situation, and he didn't have his girlfriend anymore so he started to eat on me and the rest is history yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he was a very faithful guy the first time but after that he he, he, he kind of flirted with me on um, sending me very very funny emails and so the internet was uh, really 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 a constant in our life <laughs> since the beginning yeah and, and, and actually the first email he wrote me got into spam so I didn't reply to him for weeks and he was just like what's going on and then I found the email and I replied to him and we started to see each other and uh, yeah it's it has been 20 years together <laughs> <laughs> basically it has been 20 years we discuss about um, deep uh, topics all the time and uh, I was sure that Giacomo was the the, the right one for me because uh, since the beginning I was like oh my god I can discuss with him about anything and everything for hours we're not going to get bored at all it was the signal for me that something was completely different from anybody else I met in my life I can go on and go on and on with him. That's super new. That's different. That's super interesting. Yeah. What's interesting about you two then, I think, uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong, is like, you know, 2001, uh, we kind of look at ourselves as uh, our fiat selves before yeah. Bitcoin, you know, like BC, if you will. Um, the, the, the normal path a lot of Bitcoiners take uh, certainly uh, true for me, you know, I fell down the rabbit hole and I started changing and then I'm trying to drag my family and a relationship along in in my wake. But you guys, I'm guessing it all started unraveling for you at the same time. So you kind of like you went from fiat relationship, fiat past, fiat marriage, fiat everything, and slowly moved on to your your kind of Bitcoin mindset and Bitcoin life. Yeah, in, some, was... way, in some way we were we were ready for for bitcoin and this life but in in other things we were very naive we changed our opinions so much and we are still changing for example healthcare of course is the last one we are changing so much we used to have more faith uh, in that and so for yeah we kind of have 
uh, normie job. For example, Giacomo used to work for Accenture. So he got a typical nine five uh, job. He came back from, uh, from the job frustrated and then again and again into the wheel. You know, we are repeating your life because uh, we, we have to pay for our apartment. Uh, our life was... Um, in some way different from the people of our age because we were, we got married quite early at 20 I, I was 24 so that's not something you see nowadays in Italy at all people usually get married 10 years later uh in some decisions we were just like very far away from fiat mentality but for other, we were so naive, very, very, very naive in many things. I would definitely do many things differently. But at the same time, I mean, those things make us who we are today. It's cheesy to say, but uh, uh, we learn a lot from our mistakes and many, many, many mistakes in our life. So, But when Bitcoin came, actually, uh, for us, it was kind of clear after sometimes that it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, just perfect for Giacomo. I always tell this story and Giacomo too about uh, when he told me about told me about Bitcoin for the first time. Explained Bitcoin to me. Uh, it wasn't a very long explanation, but I was um, I clearly remember where I was. <laughs> uh, I was doing my PhD uh, at the time, so I was. I was just like very bored so I stopped to listen to him and and I look at him and I was like oh my god Jacqueline this is perfect for you because this is the uh, you can put together link together your passion for technology your passion for uh, politics uh, and at the time, Giacomo wasn't that so much that into economics, but of course she was uh, a liber he was a libertarian, so he was really into uh, uh, you know uh, Austrian economics. Uh, but um, technology and uh, and politics were his main activities, main passions. And I was like, oh my god, this is perfect you, for you. You should quit your job, and you should go full Bitcoin. And, and then I just continued my PhD. I just look at a computer and done my stuff and I almost forget about Bitcoin seems um, probably until some years later or month. I don't I don't remember. I'm probably yeah, one, two years later when uh, again <laughs> Bitcoin came. I started to go to the meetups uh, with organized by Giacomo and and then I decided to quit my fiat life too when I was in New York during consensus because I went uh, I went there for the research uh, for my PhD actually so I stayed a lot at the library uh, and then but of course I was with Giacomo so we met some Bitcoiners I listened to their um, their stuff and I was like oh my god this is history in the making. I want to be part of it. I definitely want to be part of it. So I came back from there and um, yeah, almost decided to quit my PhD and to go full Bitcoin. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I wanted to just learn as much as possible. I just want to change a complete, completely change my life. And so for us, it came in two phases. Uh, but uh, I can say I am responsible for the first phase uh, for Giacomo. So I'm very grateful. I, I really got intuition the first time, but I didn't 
I didn't think it was uh, for me. I, I don't know why, because I, I was really into technology too. I love technology. I love uh, computer science, uh, but uh, I don't know. I was just focused on other stuff probably. Uh, and then once again, the second time, it was impossible uh, to ignore Bitcoin at that point. <laughs> <laughs> what what was the PhD? What what were you studying? Musicology. I'm a musicologist, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Many people are not familiar with musicology, but basically, is it cover uh, everything about music from history of music to acoustics. So every time you speak about music, that's musicology. Wow. Okay. Did did you end up finishing the PhD? Actually, not. But uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if I have regrets. But in some way, um, I had a baby. I had mm -hmm. a Bitcoin job. I had too much on my plate. So something. Uh, I, I have some regrets because I was almost at the end. So it was uh, it was only. <laughs> to write the thesis but it, it was the most difficult part but actually since I've got all my research probably I can start it again whenever I want and my research was really really interesting uh, especially nowadays uh, um, it has a my specialization is in the opera of the 19th century Italian opera and uh, I was uh, just researching the medicine which are the scenes where the singers uh, went crazy uh, and sing these beautiful arias. Uh, but actually the most interesting part is that uh, um, there is an, an intersection with history of madness, history of psychiatry. Uh, so nowadays it could be very interesting uh, uh, to come back again and looking at the beginning of history of medicine, history of psychiatry. Because when you study those kind of uh, stuff, oof, wow, it's um, it's really, I don't know how to say, uh, it was better during the 19th century in some ways than nowadays. Then it, it got worse during the end of the 19th century and the beginning of uh, the 20th century. Um, but nowadays we are still experiencing so crazy things uh, that we are not aware of. Uh, so uh, it has been very um, uh, illuminating and enlightening for me to study in that part because uh, for my PhD. So it's something I want to come back to and uh, because I changed my mind as I was telling you before about uh, medicine and healthcare so much. I started during my PhD, but now it's even changed it even more. So who knows, probably at some point I'm going to come back in and get this PhD. And uh, yeah, there's time. There's time in a Bitcoin uh, um, horizon. <laughs> type of thinking uh, at some points I will uh, I will get the time and to get uh, the best uh, research I can imagine I hope so <laughs> yeah for sure and at the end of the day it's it's just a certification yeah right? you know you, yeah, yeah. you know you know it uh, like yeah I, I I don't know I'm I'm just like mm, credentials are yeah just like in some way vanity stuff <laughs> and my experience at the university has been uh, yeah complicated in some way good for some stuff and bad for other stuff 
And so I, I don't need to have that PhD after my name anymore. I, I don't need it. But at the same time, so it's great to just finish something you have started. So yeah, it's since I, I've got a, the majority of the materials, so, so I can probably nobody is going to read it, but uh, as the majority of the PhD uh, thesis. Uh, but at the same time, say, so, you know, it would be interesting uh, maybe for someone to take a look at the, at the research uh, and could be could open. The, the, the nice thing of a PhD level research is that you are the only expert <laughs> in the world probably of that very, 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 um, very narrow niche. So you are the only one and, that, and that's scary at the same time because I could have written everything I wanted and nobody probably could have checked it. <laughs> of course, uh, yeah, it, I learned two things from my PhD. One is to... Yeah, that research is hard. I have really learned how to do research properly. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, you can manipulate data uh, very, very, very easily. <laughs> if you want to, if you have something in your mind, it's very easy. So I started wondering how many people were doing the same in other fields, uh, especially when there is something, um, I mean, Musicology is, uh, is something in between. It's just not like pure humanities that you can probably say whatever you want because there, there's music and music is uh, on a musical sheet. It speaks very clearly. You cannot uh, make up things too much. But at the same time, see if you want to interpret stuff, if you want to tell people, I haven't found those documents, I only found those one, <laughs> you can. It's, it's very, very easy <laughs> and, and it's scary. It's scary because if you think about other, uh, other fields, uh, yeah, it's just like that, easy, easy like that. Write your thesis. Uh, I'm sure the, uh, the Bitcoin community, those that are interested in, in music would, would just tear that thing apart and yeah. like uh, lap it up because the, you know, the culture that is being kind of um, created around Bitcoin, it's it's really tangible now. I didn't feel it two or three years ago so much, but now it's like there's so much going on. Yeah. Music, art, um, you know, it, it, creativity, engineering. It's it's just sparked this whole new. It's energized everybody that's yeah. touched it. And would you rather have PhD after your name or BTC? I mean, <laughs> let's. I prefer BTC. Way right. better, way better, I have to say. But uh, I agree, it's Bitcoin space is full of talent. Uh, when I was recently in Mexico, uh, it was great because uh, we came up with a band in uh, five minutes. Uh, between us, uh, there were me singing, there were guitarists, pianists, drummer. We got everything and the coordination was just almost instantly and perfectly. So we got a Bitcoin band in five minutes uh, to sing on the stage and to play music on the stage uh, perfectly. So Bitcoiners are definitely, wow, the best people ever, even in fields that you can't imagine because they have a lot of interest and they are great at doing stuff, I have to say. Hi. And Lauren has just joined Hi. us. Hi. Yeah, yeah that's... Uh... <laughs> 
I did hear about the band. Um, yeah, Knut told me all about yeah. it. He was uh, he was very proud to have been a part of it, and uh, he showed me the video uh, of yeah. him singing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was playing guitar. Yeah. I can't give a shout out to. Maybe you can give a shout out to you know who was on drums, who was on keyboards. Do you do you remember? Yeah, but I think Gabby Higgins. I was on the yeah, and uh, there was a Bitcoin grass fed. He's a monster. He played at the same time uh, the piano and something else, two instruments at the same time. They told me because I was singing, so <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't um, watch it by myself. But they told me, "Oh, he's playing two instruments at the same time." Nicked at the guitar, yeah. but we also have a uh, uh, Satoshi sound at some points uh, at uh, other instruments. So there, there were even more Bitcoiners. There wasn't uh, only one band. There were plenty of instruments. Uh, uh, playing by the Bitcoiner, they changed the position. Yeah, that, that was really, really magic, actually. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Lauren, you've joined us halfway through because you were you were late, you were doing your clubs. Yeah. Uh, this is Mir. Hi. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you have a, a question for Mir? I do, but I think I might change my previous question because I think I know what she does. So. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> go on then, we'll fire away. Let's just see where we go. Um, so... When when um when did you get into Bitcoin and why? Okay, that's interesting. So I was telling before that I got into Bitcoin uh, probably around two thousand and fifteen, and why? Because uh, it was something um, completely different from uh, everything else, uh, and I could see that uh, it could completely disrupt. <laughs> the society so um and i loved everything about bitcoin especially the community the people uh the fact that it was uh completely disrupting everything methodology of staff uh, my days my days has been completely disrupted by bitcoin it could give hope to people it could give a different perspective it was uh, so many things at the same time so um, yeah and then um, i got uh, i got there into bitcoin and never look it back i i feel so comfortable here <laughs> you, well, you work you work and ask um what she does right for a yeah. living yeah, we, we yeah. hadn't we hadn't got into that yet. Uh, so really? go go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do for like your job and stuff? Well, I um I love to do different stuff. That's my balance and my equilibrium. So when I put all together, I seem just like a crazy person, but actually what I do, I work into bit in the Bitcoin space and I help companies with the communication, the communication part. And the other job I have, I'm a vocal coach, so I teach people to sing and how to speak. I'm a mom, and then that's a lot of work. And, and I got this leader project on Instagram about uh, multipotentiality and uh, polymathy. So basically for people that to do uh, many different stuff uh, at the same time, just like me. So these are basically the things I, I do nowadays. So I'm very, I'm very lucky because uh, um, I have a lot of variety and the more variety in some way I have, uh, the more I thrive and the more stuff uh, I do. And actually the majority of people think that uh, you should be super focused. If I am 
if I'm focused, I tend to be obsessive <laughs> and I don't do things so well, uh, just like if I do different stuff. So just before this podcast, I had a beautiful lesson with a, a student about seeking. And so, yeah, I taught her how to sing properly. And then this Bitcoin part, and then uh, I will have my baby. I will stay with her uh, for some hours. And, and that's it. My life is very beautiful. And also I travel a lot now that I can a little bit more. So, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think um, if you could help me, Mia, teach Lauren to sing because she's pretty bad. Oh, come oh. on. You sing the worst song. I have a better voice than you. You are a terrible singer. I make up great songs. You make up like, terrible songs. Sing no. terrible. Well, well, I have a running joke with the kids. Um, the, the way I kind of try to de-stress myself is just to sing my way out of my anger when they, you know, they're driving me crazy. Uh, so... <laughs> It's been an ongoing thing now for years. It started when we we, we were traveling as a family. Uh, we traveled for two and a half years, the six of us. So you can imagine, you know, I just left Fiat life. So Fiat Dan was kind of, you know, not even nine to five, like six till six, and then out three nights a week and probably away at weekends as well sometimes. So not being around the kids all the time, but still being their dad, then all of a sudden being 24 hour dad. Yeah. It was <laughs> challenging I, for all of us. <laughs> I, I, read you, I read your book, so I know you, <laughs> all of oh. you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I read oh, all the well, book in probably some hours because I was uh, so really into the book. Because it's a short book. <laughs> no, 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 because no. Uh, I, I'm really fast at reading, I have to say. But uh, at the right. same time, I really wanted to, to go on and on and on and on because uh, it was amazing because it's challenging many of my resistance about traveling with kids uh, and things like that because even if we are living a very different for people uh, um, yeah normal people at the same time everybody has own resistance and my resistance for example traveling with my kids is very is very 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 strong but I've traveled to Dubai with her this time mm -hmm. and I have to say that I was expecting to come back thinking, oh my God, uh, this, I survived. <laughs> but I came back thinking, oh my God, it was amazing staying with her all the time. She really added a lot. I love to travel with my kids. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Trust me, I wasn't expecting that. She behaved, uh, yeah, sociably, uh, flexibly. She loved everything uh, when we were there. We even got the three hours of business meeting with her, uh, sitting there, just playing. Uh, and she was really patient. And when we got back, she was just like... Uh, just like before, she's, she's bad <laughs> at home. She's uh, worse at home than she is when traveling. I wasn't expecting that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, travel is amazing. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's, um, that's the story of, of, of our singing. I, I kind of like, uh, I thought like, th th there's got to be a Prince musical in here somewhere where we could, uh, you know, just uh, create now some kind of musical. All of the hassles that you've given me over the years. Now um, daddy has been like singing all it. Now mommy has picked it up. And mm -hmm. now she sings songs. Yeah. But the, what's the what's the one song I only sing at the moment really? Uh, Don't you know? Pump it up. Up. 
You got to pump it up. This is an original piece. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> It was funny the other day. My my daughter was here with uh, a couple of her like sixteen year old friends, a couple of couple of uh, guys from school, had turned up um, just to pop in and say hi. And uh, I just roll into the house and I just hit Bitbo on my uh, phone. I'm like, I know it's got to be close. It's got to be close. Yes. All right. I got to play it. So it's on full <laughs> whack. And my daughter's like, Daddy, what are you doing? And then the boys were just like, Yeah. Pump it up. You got up. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. But the power of music is incredible. It's really, really incredible. Yeah, I, I use it all the time with my with my baby too. And she's kind of she's kind of good, good at singing. She started composing little stuff. I'm not pushing her. It's just like uh, it's something uh, she loves to do. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very I'm really, really surprised because I didn't want to be that kind of a mom that uh, uh, wanted to, to for the kid to have a musical career or things like that but uh, she's into music uh, really so much so yeah and at the same time I want for her to to have fun with music because when you start yeah. start studying music you stop having this passion this joy about music and I want for her to just enjoy that that because it's fun it's fun for everyone even if you are not a great singer or a great mm -hmm. instrumentalist it's great to have music around especially with kids <laughs> it's like your primal emotion to to, to yeah. want to dance and, and sing right this is yeah. something our species has been doing like since the dawn of time uh, yeah. some people it's, it's like um also dancing is like uh like some people use it as like a religion and stuff like that. yeah yeah all, yeah, all yeah absolutely of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to dance and sing with Mia at the 100K party? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mia yeah, might yeah. sing. I That'd can sing. Cool. Yeah, you can dance and uh, and do the backup. Um, the back. Uh, I need to get on. Well, I need to get back onto my hip hop moves. <laughs> yeah, you do. Get back to your hip hop lessons. Mm. That's great. There, there'll be no twerking. Don't worry. No, twerking, there'll be no twerking at the 100k that's the party that's too fiat that's, that's a fiat that's, dance that's, move but that's <laughs> too much of hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> but i think we will be so happy during that party that even twerking will be will be okay <laughs> it will be allowed <laughs> if we're even allowed into the us that's that's the, that's Wow. Well, it's going to have to be done on international would, waters, right? In a true Bitcoin style. I would cry if I can't go. I would just oh. beg daddy to get a private jet. <laughs> oh, it's not so much that. It's the uh, the, the medical restrictions. Yeah. To, um, medical, medical, what would you mean? Yeah, the, the US are like putting an iron curtain up around the, the land of the free. is no yeah. longer the land of the free. Oh, we should really get like a submarine. And get <laughs> 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 Right. I love we'll, this. We'll need Bitcoin to be a lot more than 100k. <laughs> <laughs> 100 million party. Yeah, perhaps we'll get the submarine. <laughs> I love this. I really love this. Ah, yeah, yeah. They don't want uh, people from many parts of the world to come there. Yeah. Which is crazy because yeah. that's how the whole country was established in the first place, especially yeah. millions and millions of Italian people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, as an Italian, as an European, I can't get there. I can't that anymore. Yeah. 
Mia lives in Italy. Yeah, we are kind of close. Yeah. I live in the north yeah. of Italy, so we are close. <laughs> we, um, you might not even remember because you're so small, but we were in Como. Um, oh, yeah, so close to yeah. here. Yeah, it's Como. Look, Como. Well, we, we visited um, Milan, which I hope I'm not doxing. I, 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 you don't even have to confirm where you are, but if, um, if that's where you're from, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. But... It, it's an amazing city. It was uh, like beautiful. Yeah. I was completely, I mean, my breath was taken away when we walked around the corner into the square and yeah. there's the, uh, the Duomo. Like, Duomo. I, the, what, what, what? Uh, I the, have the to think that uh, Duomo is uh, super beautiful. It's one of the best uh, buildings I have ever watched in my life. Milan is a complicated city. I have a, I have a complicated relationship with Milan. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's the city I belong to, and I got my families and my friends, and I got my yeah my background, uh, and I loved and I loved Milan. But uh, the sometimes could be kind of cruel, especially uh, in during the winter because it's super it's super cold, and during the summer because it's super hot, and you you can get a lot of. There is a sort of a continental flavor in Italy. It's not that Italian, in Italy, in Milan, it's not that Italian, uh, but sometimes uh, it's not that you are getting the best from both of words. Sometimes you get the worst <laughs> from both of the words. I don't know how to explain, but uh, um, I still think that Duomo of Milano is so beautiful. And every time it can take my breath away, seriously, mm. even after 36 years, Every single time, I think that's that's pretty magic. Yeah. So yeah, I would probably beautiful. tell everybody to visit Milan only for that and to do some shopping and to go to opera, to get some food. Food is good in Milan and then probably go to other places in Italy. But uh, there are better places in Italy for sure. But we are just in the middle of uh, Europe in some ways. So logistically speaking, Milan is great. I can get a, a lot of things uh, very, very quickly if I want to. <laughs> so being just in the middle of this um, giant Pianura Padana, which is a flat land, make everything very easy. And also it's very easy to, to get a job. Uh, here in Milan, so many people are coming to Milan to get the jobs, and, and people work work a lot. We are volk alcoholic in Milan, so <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that from Italians, but actually people run all the time. Uh, it's not la dolce vita in uh, Milan. It's just like more similar to uh, New York in a way, which you wouldn't expect from this city. So and many people are surprised, for example, because I'm always on time and uh, things like that. I'm Italian, uh, but I'm from Milan. So <laughs> the many cliches are different here. Definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll show you the pictures of when we were there and you hopefully you'll remember. But do you want to say goodbye and uh, uh, head back out? Yeah, uh, okay. So Bye. let's see at some point, uh, hopefully not in a submarine, hopefully, yeah. but celebrating and dancing, looking forward <laughs> yes. to celebrate together. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. bye. Um, so sticking with Italy, and uh, Milan, what's what's the 
What's going on? I remember speaking to Giacomo uh, when, when it first, because you guys in Europe were pretty much the first to lock down, if I remember rightly. Yeah. It seems so long ago. My God. It's yeah. But I remember chatting with him then on, on Zoom. That was the first Zoom call. And I'm like, what the hell was actually going on over there? It was crazy. Um, we're, we're, we're still as a community, as a, we didn't, we are still processing what happened because it was very traumatic here. So in either scenario, uh, if you think that COVID uh, was terrible or if you think that COVID was just a joke, in either scenario, what happened here was real. So in Bergamo, the numbers of people that was dead during the, those months is crazy. It's just like seven times higher than the average. So something happened there for sure. And uh, we were scared. We were the first one. Actually, we are used to be I wouldn't say that Italy is the last one, of course, but I would say that it's not the first country in the world. We are not, we are used to follow other countries, not to be the first one. And so it was a really strong experience and people are still very traumatizing, traumatized here. So um, this, especially here in uh, Lombardia, uh, in the North, uh, people are so scared by, by COVID. Uh, I think that many people are, want to recover in their entire life in some way which is uh yeah but um situation have, of course has changed a lot um i i wouldn't say it's getting that much better because uh now we are experiencing these beautiful things of the green pass so we are now basically not allowed to do many things uh, if you are not uh, vaccinated and um, probably the, the strongest restrictions in Europe, uh, you are in France, but probably in some way Italy, it's, uh, it's even worse because they, they are increasing the restriction from what I heard in, in France, they are starting to, uh, to be, um, yeah, to, to lessen them up. And in Italy, it's just like, it has been one week and now you, you need a green pass, a vaccination passport to work any kind of job you have, even online remote working, you are supposed to have a, a pass. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's crazy. That's super crazy. So uh, I don't know what's going on, but uh, and also because, uh, of course, the rate of vaccinations are super high because uh, so they, they did two things. The first one is... Uh, just suddenly from one day to another to ask for the green pass to enter the school. If you do something like that, not for kids, but for parents or people coming to the school, if you do something like that, you are basically asking uh, not only people working, but also stay at home parents uh, to have a green pass, which is uh, super smart if you think about it. So if you work, if you are a parent, you're supposed to get a green pass if you don't want to be vaccinated. The alternative, there are only two alternatives. The one is to get the immunity, but the immunity lasts only for six months. And of course, you can get the COVID uh, if you want to. Uh, and the other one is to get a swab, the test every 48 hours. So I have a friend, for example, she's pregnant and she has to, uh, to take and pick the, the other kid at school. So she has to take the test every 48 hours. She doesn't want the vaccine, she's pregnant, for example. <laughs> that could be a reason to, to wait a little bit more since uh, 
yeah, some month ago, it was just normal not get vaccinated if you were pregnant, but now it's highly recommended. So uh, she has to uh, swap every 48 hours. So basically two, three swaps every week. And this is the situation at the moment. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it, it's really hard, but uh, in some way it is even too much. So I've not, what I'm noticing the, the last days, uh, the last week, it's just like um, we got a, once again the attention from the international print. People with the Trieste, um, the, you know, in, in Trieste, there was the, um, there's a strike from the people working at the port and uh, they were just resisting. Many people were, were vaccinated, are vaccinated, but they want freedom for other people. Uh, and since they are in the port of Trieste, they are just, I was saying before, if you live in the north of Italy, you're just like in the middle of Europe, but you are stopping uh, a lot of stuff from getting in other parts of Europe. So their position is crucial. And uh, so, in Italy, as long as I can remember, no strikes have been uh, stopped. It. But they they told them the, that was uh, unconstitutional, and they I don't know the images were pretty strong. They got they got the water directly over people protesting there. There were people just sitting there and they got this uh, strong amount of water over there. So of course, those are images, just like when we got COVID the first time and images get a strong reaction from people over the world. So many people are starting to wonder what is going on in Italy? Why this is happening? So we are getting a little bit more of attention once again, and I think that's really positive. And there are articles, there is the Guardian, um, trying to understand if uh, Draghi, our first minister, is doing things correctly. I wasn't expecting that because Draghi is one of the most powerful uh, person in Europe. And uh, so many people are just like wondering, oh my God, Italy, what's this? And I really, really hope that things uh, will change. Um, I'm not sure about it because once you get a control, you get a, this restriction. It's uh, so, I mean, it's easier to just continue with that. Nowadays, probably 90% of the people, probably less in the end, but uh, I would say something between 80% and 90% of people are vaccinated in Italy. And many people didn't want to. But they don't have choice because uh, they need to work. Many people, of course, need to work, <clears throat> need to take and to probably take and pick the kids uh, just to work. So or whatever. So I know personally, many people there were really no vax. I mean, the real no vax before this uh, situation, they don't have a vaccination except for this one. <laughs> because they they didn't want the other but they are yeah they have to have this one otherwise they that they, they don't have access to many things important for for like just like working for example still we don't have the green pass for shops for example or for hospitals uh, but I really hope that um, it, it will stay this way otherwise it will be a giant problem it would be a giant problem, it would be. But that's, if you think about it, that's the only step. The next step should be only that one. I don't see many other next steps. 
<laughs> when you have a, a remote work, eh, you need a green pass every day. So there's no... It's complete nonsense. It's completely nonsense, mm. of course. And a swab every 48 hours. Oh my God, this is pretty invasive. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, all of it's invasive. The swab or the injection. The, the, you're, you're crossing a bodily line doing either of those yeah. things. And the swab, as we know, is not an effective way to like test. Yeah, it, it creates as many false positives as negatives. Like it's like we have all of this information, all of this data is known. Um, and I know a lot of the Bitcoiners in the space know this stuff. And I don't know why the, the vast majority of the, the rest of the people out there don't know this stuff. It's probably because they're just watching the headlines and the news and following the science in air quotes. Yeah which is just crazy. I, I, would probably, I, I, I have to say in, in their defense that uh, when, um, when I had to vaccinate my, uh, my kid, I was, uh, I, I was trusting the science more. And I was like, uh, yeah, uh, she's fully vaccinated even with the optional one. I, I read something before, but I was like, oh my God, it's better. Uh, if she got everything but nowadays probably if I can could come back I would probably not get her the optional ones uh, mm -hmm. for example because they are not they weren't uh, they weren't uh, interesting for her for example at that point uh, or probably I would ask to uh, to have the vaccination separated and all not all together so mm -hmm. um, my awareness uh, changed the two so they are probably very very behind they are in a phase where and probably the other reason is just if you start questioning the science you start questioning medicine you are going to question everything else and that's a very scary place to be and so i can imagine why many people are resisting that uh, until the end it's just like oh my god nobody's curing me and my loved ones just because they or the politics uh, okay we know the politics uh, is uh, ambiguous but uh, are those people evil for real and at some point, very, very soon, they realize that their money are not their money too. Unfortunately, into the, in the bad way with inflation and not in the right way, just like we discovered Bitcoin. So we discovered that those were just fiat money. They were empty of an intrinsic value. Mm -hmm. we, were, we have been scammed. And they are mm -hmm. going to learn that they have been scammed. They are going to resist that until the end because it's, yeah. It's terrible to think about it, but uh, it is. It is so. And I'm, I mean, we are exactly the same as you in exactly the same position. You know, all of our kids they were vaccinated. Um, you know, once they were old enough, whatever that was back in those days, like eight, because that that's a moving target itself. I mean, our yeah. youngest now, Lauren, is ten. She has a twin brother. In the ten years since they've been vaccinated for whatever it was, MMR, um, what's that? Mumps, measles, rubella, yeah. or tetanus, or um you know uh, i can't even remember and polio and you know all the usual stuff like uh, all the usual stuff all all done we didn't do the optional ones like uh, i don't think i can't remember it's so long ago but you didn't question you didn't question you just trusted yeah. but not only did you just trust in the history of 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 those medicines because these are now like you know decades old um immunizations um now looking back it's like 
should I have done a bit more research into yeah. that? Like, perhaps. I feel the same. <laughs> it's like, it's, again, uh, that is Bitcoin right there holding up that great big mirror in front of your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... And making <laughs> you question everything else that you've done in the past. Um, I would never have ever, have, ever have questioned immunizations or vaccinations up until 18 months ago, two years ago, when all of a sudden there was just a huge red flag. Like what? Like, w seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. And it's still being pushed down people's throats. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's very risky to to go on the other side sometimes because you are just like oh my god nothing is true nothing is going on nothing is uh, is real at this point so to find the perfect spot and balance is so hard because <laughs> and for example um I, I love to tell this thing but uh, uh when we were younger when we just met probably me and Jaco at some point, Giacomo got the mislis. He was uh, 19 years old, probably. And everybody else of our age got mislis, except for me. And uh, what, what, what is that? Sorry, mislis. Or I don't know how to say, uh, just like one of the um, mis. Uh, <laughs> one of the, I don't know how to pronounce it, just like we say morbillo in Italian. It's just like you get a lot of. Uh, um, things on your face uh, it's you, you could die from this say all the vaccination and i, uh -huh. I will tell you if you it's uh oh measles measles perhaps. that one yeah measles. okay yes right <laughs> yeah, okay that, that's the typical of uh um, words in english i always mm -hmm. read the word and i never said that before in my life so i don't right. know how to pronounce this <laughs> so that one yeah um okay. so everybody uh got uh the measles except for older people because they got when they're younger I was the only one not getting that and we didn't understand why 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 because uh, nobody was vaccinated in Italy uh, they started the, uh, the vaccination for, for Miss Liz later and then uh, at some point I talked with my parents and my parents told me ah of course you didn't get this because when you were a kid we got the vaccination directly from Switzerland so you were actually vaccinated <laughs> <laughs> for Miss Lisa. So yeah, this is the reason why you didn't get the, that. And I was like, oh my God, those vaccine, oh my God, they cannot work. <laughs> they super mm -hmm. work. In my case, they work it because uh, and it's kind of it's kind of tough if you get uh, the Miss Lisa when you are when you are the, the age of Chaco is well, almost 20. So it's super, super, super tough. He, he got fever almost 42 years. At 42 degrees so um I, I was the proof the vaccine <laughs> work it and of course there there's some truth in the work of science but uh, at this point uh, of course i'm i'm questioning everything i'm questioning everything because I, I need to i cannot trust a lot of part but i don't have time to uh, to question it and go deep uh, so at some point uh, you have to stop it's uh it's painful, but you have to trust some sort of level of uh, of science or some sort of as I was telling you before you when you we do some research you know that uh, you can make up data if you want to and uh, so you have to trust and but at the same times you have to use uh, all of your critical thinking 
to get the best from what you got and and be and be in some way be okay with the fact that, that you are going to question everything all the time forever <laughs> forever <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a it's a certainty uh yeah so if i came back again i will vaccinate my kid for me this for sure because it won't get for me <laughs> so i have the proof uh, at least for that uh but uh with this one oh my god i don't want to use my kid as a guinea pig this is um this is such a strong belief i i have it's too early all of the other vaccination they got through long trials uh, they got everything and uh, I don't want her to experience any sort of uh, problems or damages because I wasn't strong enough to stop this madness. So this is my personal uh, uh, idea at the moment. I don't know for how long I could have this, uh, uh, this situation where in Italy they, they don't ask uh, kids to be vaccinated under 12 years old. But if the situation changes, well, I'm, I'm pretty ready to go somewhere else. Yeah. So many people are thinking that way. Yeah. We're the same. Yeah. They're trying here to ban homeschooling. Really? Um, I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to bring that in for September, 2022. Um, <sighs> we, we've got three of our kids. It's not homeschool per se, because they, they attend an online um, self-directed education platform. Um, so th the point that they're trying to do what they're trying to do is ban any kind of alternative schooling that does not conform to the national curriculum. That's what they're saying without saying it. So by virtue of the fact that our kids are not falling to lockstep with the national curriculum here, we are a threat somehow yeah. to, you know, and yeah. they've even been saying that it's retarded the shit that they've been saying. It's like, you know, homeschooling breeds in Islamic fundamentalism. <laughs> You're like, what? how can you even get away with saying this what? kind of shit? Like, <laughs> yes, that was out of Macron's mouth. And you're like, oh my God, like what is going on? Like really, what is going on? We've had this power grab over the last 18 months to two years, shut, you know, you push a button and all of a sudden you can shut everybody in their homes. They decentralized the gulags to our own homes and apartments basically. Yeah. And now bringing in trial medicine and forcing that on people and on kids, like you said, down to the age of 12, forcing people still you know kids from the age of 11 upwards here still wearing masks all day in school in the classrooms 11 so it's better than in italy in italy it's over six unbelievable yeah the data and the science we know these masks are ineffective yeah they're completely pointless so it's just literally a psyop on yeah. that generation it's an obedience tool. Yeah, it's so heartbreaking. School is an obedience school uh, tool. And now they're at the obedience training yeah. center gagged and unable to read facial signals from their friends, the new friends they're making, especially for the ones that have just got to school or have just gone up to a different school and met new friends and new teachers. And you can't read facial signals. Like, yeah. what are we doing to kids? It's sickening. So my, my kid couldn't recognize his, her teacher without the mask at the park. 
Yeah, that was really scary. And uh, uh, my three years old uh, basically lived her life that she can remember with mask, with people with masks. So sometimes if I hand her into inside a bar or inside a shop, she she told me, mom, you have to wear the mask. And I'm so mm -hmm. scared about that. And even mm -hmm. more scared, we know some kids of around six years old, and they wear the mask all the time, even outside where it's not mm -hmm. mandatory anymore. It just like it, they're just wearing something yeah. normal for them, just like wearing yeah. eyeglasses or whatever. And uh, yeah, adults uh, keep it off, but they are still keep it on because it's just normal for them be in that position. And I'm like, oh my God, please keep that away. But uh, yeah, they, they, they are, they, they can imagine something differently and it's super it's super it's terrible to see from outside because uh it's not even effective and they are only um i don't know it's uh we we, we still have a kid under six years old here in italy but once again we don't want her to wear masks and we want her to have a normal life uh, and i think that homeschooling is just will become soon a threat in Italy too. Not many people that I know are doing homeschooling nowadays, but uh, they are considering it. This is the first time. Uh, so what, what's really weird is to think, it's not weird, it's criminal, is to think that the kids are property of the state. So mm -hmm. you're not supposed to do a lot of things that are just... Uh, I mean, align it with the family beliefs and goals uh, because it's the state doesn't want to. But the kids are your at part of the family are not their property. Um, but it's kind of normal for people to think like that, to think that uh, they, they should go to school in that way. They should have those kind of uh, uh, treatment. They should get those vaccination or whatever thing it is. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just uh, normal, but not only normal. It's just the best for the kids. And yeah, and... You, you as a parent you you're supposed to obey uh, everything because you you don't know you you are not responsible you are not a, a person fully capable of decision and i know that's scary to to take decision and responsibilities but uh, yeah we are grown up we are adults we are supposed to do the, that especially for our for our children no you know it's uh, it's easier to just follow and think the state as uh, yourself and your family in the in the best regards and they want the best for you and and that's the basically most dangerous uh, fault that i'm noticing now in italy thinking that the state is behaving for you and it's not going to to do evil stuff just because you know and it doesn't make any sense because we have proof all the time that is not the reality <laughs> but still Still, they are believing the the our 
politicians, they are believing the state, they are believing now the, the doctor, just like they are the new gods, uh, without questioning, because questioning, oh my God, you are going to question something, you are a terrible person, you have a critical thinking, and you are a terrible person too, because you are homeschooling your kid. So what you are doing is just like trying to grow critical thinkers. Oh my God, <laughs> this is not something that shouldn't happen, and we have to stop this uh, as soon as possible critical thinkers oh my god <laughs> yeah it's a huge threat to the state yeah. i know it. It, it you know this isn't a conspiracy theory it's it's very well documented um and and the scary thing is i don't know what age they take them from in italy but in uh in france now it's three three years of age the year you turn three it's the year you turn three that you you start school um it's three you should not be yanked away from your parents at the age of three yeah you should not at three years of age your mother should not be walking you to an institution that is surrounded by a fence and passing you through that fence and have the fence locked behind you as you walk into it yeah. uh, with a bunch of strangers like and but the the scam on the parents is so it, it's it's brilliant well, the way they've managed to scam the parents into doing that yeah, action yeah, alone yeah, yeah. is so it goes against every bone in your body yeah it is but it you is. do it you do it because uh otherwise you're going to cause damages uh, to your children <laughs> well in italy it's a six year old because uh uh from three four to six uh you go to asilo which is uh, something uh, voluntary so there are plenty of uh, asili, but uh, if you don't want to to take your kids there, you're, you won't have any consequences at all for that. But after that, uh, at six years old, when they start elementary school, they are property of the state until high uh, school and be, yeah, probably for 10 years until uh, 16 years old. That's completely mandatory. That's still better than in other places. For example, Giacomo, he lives in Switzerland. So at some point we were considering to move to Switzerland, but actually there, there is this thing we really don't like, uh, which is uh, uh, you can't take your kid uh, outside the country or outside school for more than some days and without any reason except for uh, sickness or illness. So we, we couldn't travel. We couldn't travel because otherwise police will show up at your apartment and asking you what have you done with your children they are not they are not at school only for some days uh, outside school so they are supposed to go to school every day uh, otherwise you are going to get fined or something even worse so that's pretty crazy in italy it's mandatory but if you as a parent want to go and travel even for a month uh, with your children uh, yes they are going to to tell you you are a terrible person and nothing will happen after, except for that <laughs> so it's still uh, it's still possible and it's still possible homeschooling too but um i i will expect something like that that would change probably there is no traction attention um so but they will change their mind we have experienced things are falling down very fastly during the last weeks uh, so <laughs> i would expect mm. something like that for other areas too yeah well let's see what happens um so you just mentioned uh, does giacomo still live in switzerland you yeah. guys live apart or you you 
travel in between like well, how, how do you manage that well Giacomo is there for the week usually but uh, I have to say that's Milan and the uh, Italian Switzerland are so close which is super funny because they're just you have been to Como and yep. uh, so Italian Switzerland it's very close to Como so it's only mm -hmm. 40 minutes apart so uh, actually we stayed separated during the week uh, but we see each other during the weekend and we travel together for example another things we we started to do again um so yeah we managed to do that it's very funny because it's two different countries but uh we are a decentralized family <laughs> at the moment yes a distributed, <laughs> distributed family, family. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of working for us uh, but um we we i have my family and Giacomo's family uh, very close here in Milan so they helped me with a baby and uh, so Amanda still have a lot of um, people around her all the time she she's used to this uh, this life it's not that difficult actually but from time to time uh, it happens that I have an appointment in Switzerland so we go there from time to time Giacomo has to come back to Italy for an for a meeting of work so he is here during the week for one day uh, and that's it the, the problem is this uh, this is working so far this but um, I don't know what will happen I, I can't program anything uh, so we could be in another country the next month <laughs> for example <laughs> I was gonna say you know what do you guys many of us have made the backup plans yeah uh, if if the state does tighten its grip and you know just completely lose its mind and go full communism like it's out right i mean i'm just gone yeah you won't see me for dust but where to that's the question uh do you have a list of backup countries have you had that conversation yeah. well we have some options our first option in the past was Switzerland but uh, things are getting worse there too so it was the easiest uh, uh, one because Giacomo mm -hmm. is there so yeah find a solution for the school but in the meanwhile Switzerland seemed uh, kind of okay um, until the last month I would say uh other options are of course i'm waiting for a bitcoin citadel <laughs> so yes, we all I'm, are. <laughs> I'm so ready to move there as soon as possible uh just like this one <laughs> and um the other options there's no there's no perfect place that's mm -hmm. the point you you should um, in some way uh be ready to probably travel and try uh places uh i really enjoyed being in dubai dubai is a very free country uh at the moment which is weird to say but uh, it's way way better than uh, than italy uh, and there is this um atmosphere of things moving into the future which i really like and also for the kids is amazing they don't have restriction under 12 years and this is so, so beautiful because for them it's just like as it used to be uh so it's something we we could really consider for example or probably uh yeah central america is a good option too but very far away <laughs> and mm -hmm. so yeah there, there there are ideas and we think a lot about that all the time and we don't have um, 
we still don't have a solution, a perfect solution. So at the moment, uh, we are just ready, ready to leave our stuff back and travel and to experience. It will be a good experience too. So I don't know, we'll be excited. I have just realized that I have lived basically in Lombardia uh, for all of my life. I have probably been there in another country only for one month and never i've never done something like more than two months in a different place so it's time for me to do something like that <laughs> come on <laughs> i mean i traveled a lot i've traveled i would say a lot i've traveled uh, yeah more than the average people uh, person for sure but uh, i've never been in the same place uh, outside italy <laughs> for more than one month so that's that's incredible. I have to experience something like that. So it's it's about time <laughs> for me. Not even in Switzerland. Never been in Switzerland more than one month. So um, yeah, it's about time. Probably would be exciting. So this is why I I bought immediately your book when I found out because I was like, oh my god, I I was looking at those. It's possible. It's possible <laughs> if you see that something somebody is managing to do that even with more kids because i have only one so it should be easier in some way probably more difficult in another because all of the attention mm -hmm. is for her so yeah it, it really depends uh but um it just i mean it just opens your mind to options and possibilities that just like i was telling you before uh i didn't want to travel with amanda i was very limited in that then i tried and i was like oh my god this is not only feasible but enjoyable it's something that really completely the quality of the travel together so so i guess uh this uh, will be interesting i'm not looking forward <laughs> to move <laughs> suddenly in another place of course it would be very traumatic but at the same time i can will be exciting in some way to try something else I, I, I also i feel that i need less stuff every day it has been a path that i experienced in some years so as long as i have my family i have a mac and a microphone and some clothes and some things to cook Italian food, I'm happy. <laughs> and a wallet full of Bitcoin. Yeah, you're yeah, set of for course. Life. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, we don't have any, so... <laughs> I theory. forgot, yeah. Yeah, the, the boating accident that you yeah. guys suffered on Lake Como yeah. told me all about it. Uh, I, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you managed to swim ashore and it's also so. a, a terrible place because uh the, the lake there is very very deep it's one of the deepest lake in Europe so mm -hmm. uh, it's terrible when you get a boxing accident there yeah no one's finding it it's yeah. just gone right it off like it, it's too cold too it's just, you yeah. know, it's too deep too cold no, no one's no, like no. <laughs> All right, Mia, that's a great place to wrap up, but I always ask a last question, and that is if you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? So, uh, well, hmm. so if I can orange pill someone, right? Mm -hmm. yep. uh, one orange pill, you've got one orange pill left. Oh my God, <laughs> this is tricky. This is really, really, really tricky. Well, um, it would be very interesting to orange peel somebody uh, just like, um, I mean, Mario Draghi. 
<laughs> so he is just a representation of the fiat uh, life that is so into fiat. So yeah, it would be very impactful. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm also very very nice to him. All considered, all the bad stuff he is doing, he has done in the past. But I would it will be a great example for people uh, to show how fiat money uh, is so fragile and you can change your mind. And since he is linked up with so many people, the effect will be very, very interesting to many people in, in Italy and Europe. So and also very funny to see. So if I have to, I will orange bill Mario Draghi. <laughs> Excellent. Love it. <laughs> Well, Mia, thank you so much for for taking the time today. It has and, been a uh, pleasure. <laughs> where where can people find you? Is there anything uh, you'd like to share with anybody oh, before we sign off? They can find me on Twitter. I would say I tweet uh, a lot. Well, it depends. Sometimes I tweet a lot of things. Uh, other times I I don't look at the social media for days and week. But at at Mia underscore BTC, which is uh, my official surname, BTC. <laughs> or my or my title so the majority of people don't know about my surname which is great and uh, yeah i'm on instagram and on instagram i only speak about another topic and in italian and probably we are going to meet each other at some conferences and meetups i really love to go there it's uh, it's the best uh, it's the best life <laughs> if i can just stay with bitcoiners all the time waiting for a citadel i will go there just to share thoughts and to share things and to share new perspectives a bitcoiners are definitely my people <laughs> yeah i can't wait to meet you guys and uh, yeah hopefully we get to meet um in miami at the big conference if we're allowed over yeah we'll, we'll wait let's and see, see. if see. not somewhere else somewhere else we are we are kind of close so or in another yeah. country when our countries uh, will be even worse than now <laughs> yeah, exactly okay, Mia, okay. Well, have a great day great day to you uh as well thank you everybody for tuning in today and thank you for all of the time that you gave up Mia to conduct this interview and give us a little journey into your life and how you are preparing yourself for the future of hyper Bitcoinization and all of the work that you're doing for the plebs and everything else that you've got going on it was just great to hang out and get to know you really look forward to meeting you one day with Giacomo and with Lituan as well it'll be a great family event fingers crossed if we come out of this the right side and we can just get on with life as normal. I think, like you, we are facing another year or two of that nonsense, but hopefully to a lesser and lesser degree. All the plebs out there that tuned in, thank you so much for listening, for supporting the Once Bitten podcast in whatever you do, whether that's retweeting, replying, sharing with your friends, rating, subscribing, reviewing, it all goes a long way. And thank you, of course, to the show sponsors. You know who they are now. It's Relay.ch. It's SwanBitcoin.com. It's ShiftCrypto.ch. You can use forward slash Bitten or Bitten at checkout at any of these places. That's going to help you save on commission, get you a free 10 bucks, or get you 5% off of the hardware wallet that you really need. If you do not have one, please go and get a Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition hardware wallet. It is for your 
safety, it is for you to take control of your sats. It's so important, it's what the Bitcoiners need to be doing. If you want to go to Miami, b.tc forward slash conference, use the code BITTEN at checkout, or there's a link in the show notes. All tickets are 100% transferable. All tickets will go up in price another three or four times, and all tickets are fully refundable if you're unable to travel due to COVID. Go do it. Catch you on the next show.